0: Happy New Year. Hopefully you guys rang in the New Year. Did anyone sleep into the New Year? Yeah. All right. We're beginning to be an older congregation. That's all right. Uh, well, um, did any of you guys kind of have like a cheat day yesterday with the food? Every day. Yeah. I had like a cheat month, Okay. So um, I think the only thing I can do this year is actually lose weight because I've ate so much this past month that even if I just go back to my normal diet, I will go down. Uh, my body's kind of in shock with all the overload. In fact, I, I ran extra the last couple of weeks just so I could eat more. I don't know if that's right or not, but I seriously did that. <laughs> um, hey, I wanted to go over some of these stats that I found. BibleGateway.com, which is a really popular... Um, uh, website that you can go. It has concordances, has commentaries and different things. They released their um, year-end stats on all the searches um, that people did on different topics and different verses. Now, in the past 10 years, things have changed because um, back when I first got saved, there was this thing called a concordance, right? And it was like this thick. You know, and you were you were pretty cool if you bought a concordance. But if you wanted to look up a verse... It took you, depending on how, what keywords you knew in the verse and how many times that particular word appeared throughout the scriptures, it could actually take you quite a while to find that particular verse you were looking for. Nowadays, if you have two or three, four words strung together for a verse, if you pop that just into Google, usually the first hit will be that verse. It's pretty amazing. Um, I, I cannot remember the last time I used an actual um, concordance. Um, okay, so here is, is BibleGateway.com's stats. They had uh, 1.7 billion page views and 180 million unique visitors um, the past year. What do you guys think um, the top word searched was? Love. Love. You're right. What do you think the second word was? Hate. <laughs> <Eight>. Gosh. <laughs> no. I didn't hear it yet. I didn't hear it. Nope. 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 Faith. If you said it, I didn't hear it. Faith. Then peace, then hope, then joy. Uh, Prayer, Holy Spirit, grace, healing, forgiveness, marriage at number 11. Um, And on and on and on. Um, The top 25 words, that's what they had. Guess what was not mentioned? Sin, rebuke, correction, penalty, wrath, correction, punishment. No negative words were not in the top 25. What about top verses? What do you guys think the top verse was? That's right, John 3.16. What about the second most looked up verse? No guesses? No, that that didn't even hit, I don't think, the top 50. That's right. Who said that? Aaron, good job. Jeremiah 29, 11, before I know the plans I have for you. Then Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then basically every verse of um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd Kind of boom, 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 boom. Then Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good. On and on and on and on and on. Um, Top 100 verses. Most of them were positive, affirming verses. I found two that maybe had some negative connotations overall. Nothing about sin, nothing about um, wrath or punishment or anything um, like that at all. Why do I say why do I why do I point that out? Um, because when I stand up here, um, my goal and really the charge that, that the Lord has given me is, is not to bring um, something interesting to say. Now I do hope it's interesting, <laughs> but that's not that's not my goal. Um, it's not to tickle your ears. It's not to make you laugh, though occasionally that happens. Um, it's not to make you feel good about yourself, it's not to teach you some type of moral lesson for the week to live by, it's not to give you five ways to do this or seven ways to do that, Um, it's not to show you something neat or cool in the scriptures that that I've found and maybe you haven't seen before, that that will happen to you. It is to proclaim the word. It's to proclaim the word. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 with me. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. This is Paul writing to Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So, my job is to preach the word. If you uh, look at any books on on preaching. And you probably haven't because why would you? Um, but I do. <laughs> because that's my job. Um, they talk about this word kerygma in the Greek. Not charisma. Kerygma. Uh, which is the noun form of this word that we see in verse 2. Preach. Preach the word. So they talk about kerygma, kerygma, kerygma. You got to do preaching. You got to do preaching. You got to do preaching. Um, it's the faithful exposition of the scriptures, um, but it's not just like a lecture or a teaching. It's taking it and then applying it to the hearers. So it's many different things. You've got to be faithful to the text, right? show the people, the congregation, the members, um, what it meant, what it means, and then how do they apply it to themselves today. So that's the, the kerygma. Um, my job is to preach the word, the parts that make you feel good, the parts that make you feel bad. All of it. Um, otherwise, I'm not being faithful. Notice what um, Paul says here at the end of verse two. Um, he he gives basically uh, what does preaching the word look like. It looks like reproving, rebuking, exhorting. Okay, um, with complete patience and teaching. And Paul uh, followed this out in his own life. Look at Acts chapter twenty. Now this is Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. Um, He's getting ready to leave them after he's been there for a season. Then he says this, starting in verse 25. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. So why is he innocent? is he has the whole counsel to them. It's my aim and endeavor, too, um, to be able to one day say that um, to you all, that I did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. Um, in so doing, in preaching the whole counsel of God, um, I hope at times um, for you to see probably two key things. Um, the first is that you would see yourself for who you really are. Um, made in the image of God, precious, valuable, um, of the highest of values that could be placed on any possible thing. You're made in the image of God. That is precious. Um, but that you, as an image bearer of God, you are marred uh, greatly by sin. Greatly by sin. Me too. Okay. Um, I can't uh, state that enough. That our sin... Um, is disgusting, it's vile, um, it displeases God, um, and that because of that, uh, we deserve the wrath of God to be poured out upon us. Okay, um, We're helpless to save ourselves. There is nothing we can do in our own power to come anywhere close to saving ourselves. The best of the best of the best of the best person, apart from Christ, will still end up in hell won't get anywhere close to heaven. So, that you're helpless to save yourself. Then, that you're in desperate need of a Savior. In desperate need of a Savior. Not sort of need, or it's a good thing to have one. No, desperate need of a Savior. That without Jesus, you are utterly, totally, completely lost and on your way to hell. That you need him. And not just need him 13 years ago maybe when you prayed some prayer, or five years ago when you went forward to the altar and made a confession, but like every single day since then, and really every day before then, and really every day after then, that you utterly need him. And then, for those who believe, I hope that you see yourself as a child of the king. If you can get a hold of that simple yet profound concept that God the Father has adopted you into His family—it's—it's um, mind-blowing, all right. I was saved, and I didn't understand that concept fully. And you—you you read through the scriptures, and you see that, but you never—I guess, you know, God shows you different things at different times in your walk with Him. Uh, but I remember when I started to really understand what it meant to be adopted into the family of God. I mean, it was like explosions going off. Like, I I mean, just for weeks and weeks and weeks, I just remember going around and like, wow, that is just an amazing thing. It's one thing for us uh, to save him, for him to save us, for him to um, call us his friend, for us to have a relationship. Um, But to have um, the most intimate relationship you can as a father and a son or a father and a daughter, that is just crazy that the God of the universe wants that with us and offers that to us. Further, and more importantly, I want you to see this um, through my preaching. I want you to see the beauty of Christ. I use that word intentionally, the beauty of Christ. Jesus uh, loves us so much, it's it's truly unfathomable. Uh, An infinite love, an eternal love that's poured out on us, we can't fully grasp. Uh, But we we can partially grasp it. And we can do our best to understand it. But I want you to see the beauty of Christ, of who he is. That he is the God-man that came down from heaven for us. It's awesome. I want you to see the majesty of God, that uh, God the Father, this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-gracious God, um, not only created you, but he had a rescue plan. Once we messed up, and he sent his son, he covenanted with his son to rescue us, to redeem us. So, the majesty of God. And then I hope and I pray for each one of you um, one, that you long to know him more. It's easy for us, I've been there myself. Um, As Christians, we can get complacent and we can just kind of coast along. Um, but my prayer is that through the preaching of the word that you come to know him more and know him better Uh, to enjoy the triune God I like to say enjoy your relationship with him Uh, which is one of the shorter catechisms says what is the chief end of man Uh, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever Okay. So people are like, why was I created? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? Glorify God and really enjoy your relationship with him. You're going to enjoy it um, the more you draw closer to him, the more you're seeking after him. Um, Anyone who has backslidden, which is all of us at one time or another, knows that we really don't enjoy our relationship very much with him when when we're backsliding. Um, When we're on the up and up, when we're doing really good, when we're running strong... That's usually when we're enjoying it the most. So, what is um, supposed to be your response to preaching? It's real simple, sort of. You're supposed to receive the word. Receive the word. Look at James chapter 1. Here's what James says, chapter 1, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So you need to receive the word. I think the NIV says accept. You need to accept the word. But what does it mean? To receive the word. Well we're going to see that when you receive the word. It means acting on it. It's a change of mind. But it's also a change in your action. Okay. Look at John chapter 17. Starting in verse 6. I have manifested. This is Jesus. What's known as the high priestly prayer. In verse 6. I have manifested your name to the people. Whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were. And you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Do you see what's wrapped up there? In the receiving, there's belief and then there's action. They've come to know the truth. They believed, they've received the words that were given. We see this again in Acts 2. Peter preaches um, kind of the first sermon after Jesus has uh, risen from the grave. He's preaching, and, and he says this towards the end in verse 40. With many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And then he says in verse 41... So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. They received the word. Okay. So what does it mean to receive it? You wouldn't go baptizing people that didn't believe the word, right? They received it. They believed it. They grasped it. It was theirs. And then they acted on that belief. So to receive it means to claim it for your own to believe in it, and then act on that belief. One more place, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. In verse 4 of chapter 1. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us, and of the lord for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the holy spirit okay so they received the word right and what was the result they became imitators they received it what was the result imitators of us in verse 6 what does this mean for us we need to be active listeners okay when when i'm when i'm preaching it's like We have kind of like a relationship going on, all right? Because you guys are actively listening uh, to whatever the preacher is saying. You don't want to be passive in your listening. You want to be active. You want to be engaged in what's going on. And the question you should be asking yourself is, what does God have for me in this sermon? What things or thing does God have for me? And when he speaks to you, and I pray, hope, and believe he will, um, guess what? We, we forget things so easily, um, and it's really sad because I feel like the older I get, the more I forget. And, like, the last five years, it's like, man, what has gone on in my brain because I just can't remember some things that I remembered 10 or 15 years ago. Um, we got to write it down. we got to write it down. Um, I'm amazed. Personally, sometimes I'll, I'll be uh, reading the Word or I'll have a book, and I'm, re- I'm like, man, that is such a good thing. I need, to, I need to write that down or I need to highlight it or underline it or star it. And I don't have a pencil or something with me. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it. I'll just do it in a little bit. And, like, the next day I'm like, I forgot to do that. Not only that, I can't even remember what it was. It was this great point, this great verse. God spoke to me. I totally, poop, it's gone, right? Sometimes I get it back. Sometimes I don't. Um, we we got to write it down, all right? Um, sometimes I'll just, whatever, I'll shoot myself. If I got my phone with me, I'll just shoot myself like an email, you know, note to self, right? Pull up your notes app or something. But, but take, take a note of it. Whatever those key things are, jot those things down because you're going to forget. I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, I'm kind of a note taker. I realized actually only a few years ago that I, I got it from my mom and my dad. I was sitting actually right here in service um, when my dad was still alive, and I was taking notes. And I, and I looked over, and, and there he was, taking notes. And the, like, the light bulb went off. I'm like, no wonder I'm taking notes. Like, I just naturally saw my dad doing that, years and years and years, always taking notes at things. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to take notes. I just naturally uh, got that from him. So anyway, I'm a note taker, but I'm amazed when I go back and look at notes that I've taken um, from sermons, from conferences I've been to, I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot that. That is that is such a good point that the person made, and I need to be reminded of that. Years of notes that I have that I can do. It's like a little treasure trove of things that God has spoken to me about that I can go back and still glean from years and years later. So we need to be active listeners. When the word is proclaimed, uh, it should bring encouragement, hope, but also conviction rebuke, change, repentance, I mean, all of these things. And you need to receive what is proclaimed to you. You need to believe it, but then act on that belief. Um, If you walk out of the service week after week, always feeling good about yourself, um, something's wrong. Something is wrong. Um, Either uh, the pastor uh, isn't preaching the whole counsel of God, or something's wrong with you, because it's not hitting you where it needs to. Um, Sometimes, me personally, when Pastor Vaughn's preaching, there's weeks where I walk out and I'm like, man, I really need the Lord. I really need to change because I'm just convicted in my heart at the word. I'm receiving that word, okay, Um, but then i got to act on it. Um, And a lot of times I think we we receive words, um, but we don't fully receive them. Because we can hear something in a sermon and it really speaks to us and it's really good, um, but then we don't act on what we got. we got to act on it. It's not just enough to be convicted of your sin. God, God wants you to change. It's not just enough for him to speak to you about something. He wants you to um, act on what he spoke to you about. Um, it's kind of like you know repentance. God's been teaching me something about repentance. Um, I hope I get to speak to you more about it at some point. But um, a lot of times we confuse... Um, just confession of sin with repentance. Now, that's part of repentance. Um, But a lot of times we think, oh, this person confessed their sin and and they've repented and it's all good. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Because maybe confession of sin might be the first step or one of the first steps, um, but repentance is, is a change of mind that leads to action. A change of mind that leads to action. So if you're repenting of sin, it's not just a confession of sin. Okay? Um, the Catholics have that. right? They can go to that little box. I've talked to many Catholics. And as long as they confess it, like the slates wiped clean, and they can go back and do whatever they want again. It's like a get-out-of-jail-free card or something. Um, confession is good. It's a good place to start. It can, it can humble us. It should humble us. Um, but there's more than that with repentance. There has to be change. Okay, so um, if you're walking out week after week um, and it's not hitting you, um, something's wrong. Uh, why? Because the word should be challenging you. It should be challenging you And if you're not careful, you're going to become complacent. And you end up going through um, the the motions without any real or true effect on your soul. And that's a scary place to be. Uh, Why? Because if the word isn't changing you and affecting you, then the question becomes this. What is changing and affecting you? Because something is influencing you, there's influences all around us, right? What is going to be the key influences in your life? What people are going to be the key influences? What things are going to be the key influences? What uh, modes of uh, medium, the media, what is going to influence you? Those things push you one way or another way. They're pushing you towards Christ or they're moving you away. There's a message going on, whether it's uh, clear or subtle, that encourages you either towards Christ or away from Christ. And they affect us whether we want to admit it or not. Um, the media that we're intaking, um, it affects us. So we need to take um, the word serious. We need to make sure we surround ourselves with the word. Um, Just once a week on a Sunday morning for 45 minutes, that's really not enough. Because there's so much influence out in the world that really a 45-minute sermon um, can't undo all that influence. Maybe can't even overpower it. Um, Because if you're going to just soak in the world... Um, it's going to affect you. So you got to have more more than the word than just a forty five minute on a Sunday, um, on a Wednesday Bible study or something like that. You got to you got to be soaking in it. You got to be taking it in. So we have to take serious what the word proclaims. Um, if the word pro- instructs us on a particular point, uh, we must receive it and we must believe it and act on it. Look, I hope sometimes um, you guys go out of here. Um, and you're mad at Pastor Vaughn or me. Um, Because that means maybe we've rubbed you a little bit the wrong way, in a good way. Now, there might be things that we say that you disagree with. That's fine. Um, We're not the final authority, um, really, on anything. God's given us a commission um, to preach his word, and I think we both have a really good grasp of it, but we are fallible, fallen, sinful men, um, just like y'all. Okay? Okay? Um, so, you know, take what we say and check it against the scripture. That's really what you should be doing. Um, but I hope we rub you sometimes the wrong way and your little ticked to points because that may, m- means maybe we're hitting a good, a, a sore spot, so to speak, a point that the Lord wants to um, show to you. So, we need to take the word serious. Um, look at Matthew 28. Okay. I know you've, like, been to this verse a thousand times in a thousand sermons but we need to be reminded of things, and there's some good stuff here. Matthew 28, verse 19, says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now that's some good stuff there, friends. But if we just have those two verses, and we leave out the verse before it, We're missing something huge. So let's back up to 18. And it says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's how he prefaces his charge to the disciples. He gives them the charge to go and make disciples. But what's what's kind of the premise to it? Why should I go? How am I going to be able to do this? Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Okay? It's not some authority, it is all authority. What does all mean? All means all. Where is the authority? In two places in heaven and on earth. And I don't think we have a problem with the first one in heaven. Um, But do we really believe the second one, all authority on earth? Because we should. Jesus says it, that's enough for the believer. He has all authority here, right here on this earth. That's what the scripture says. Not some, all authority. Because he has all authority everywhere, heaven, earth, because of that, we can go. We can go and make the disciples. Why? Because whatever obstacles lie in our way, he will take care of. Whatever uh, forces, uh, man-made or uh, demonic, that push against us, he can take care of. Why? Because he has all authority. He has all authority. And listen, um, there is much work for the church still to do. I want you to take a look at this pick. Um, the sound team's going to throw up for us behind me. It's a pick of Christian denominations in America uh, by county. I know it's kind of hard for you to see, so... I'm going to tell you what the colors are. Okay. Um, so, Utah, right? What do you guys think is all that going on there? If it's by county, religions... Um, Loosely, we'll say loosely, use the term Christian. Okay, I don't believe that the Mormons are Christians. but um, Okay, so this is Mormonism. Okay, By county, what is the major, again, loosely use the term Christian um, religion in that particular county, in each county in the United States? Again, I'd consider Mormonism a cult. Um, but in that whole area, that's your Mormons. Um, Up north, all that orange, that's your Lutherans. Um, All the um, red, anyone want to guess? Southern Baptists. I was actually kind of amazed, because here's us, right? Um, So by county, the majority, when they count it just by Christians, it's um, Southern Baptists. The green, which you can see just kind of smattered about, there, 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 a little bit up there, is Methodist. That's the Methodist. The kind of bright yellow, which is just almost dotted in different places, there, 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 That's Churches of Christ. Does anyone want to guess what all the gray is? Catholic. Catholic. All that gray is Catholic. I was really surprised, actually, with with Texas. Come on, Justice, that's your state. Are you uh, what What's going on there, buddy? You got some work to do. <laughs> it's probably true with some of the immigration from uh, Latin America. Yeah. Uh, Alaska is, um, it didn't print out the best on mine, so it's either, I think it's other, I'm pretty sure it's other, it's either Churches of Christ, but I'm almost positive it's other, and in, it's got a little asterisk, it says, includes 34 groups and counties with, with equal number of different churches, so, I guess for all 50 people that live in Alaska or something like that, um, Okay, so I think we can see this map. And, um, I mean, so us, we got a lot of Southern Baptists, right? But actually, we're kind of right in this little area, right? St. Louis, St. Charles, which is gray, uh, which shouldn't be a surprise to us because we have um, a lot of Catholics in St. Louis and St. Charles. Um, And so we should actually keep that in mind when we're witnessing to people, Because a lot of times we might be talking to people that have had some definitely probably, um, you know, maybe 25, 30 years old and up, some interaction with the church. And there's probably a good chance. A lot of people I um, share with um, end up being in some form Catholic. Doesn't mean they're going every week. A lot of times it's Christmas, Easter, or something like that. Or um, they got baptized in the Catholic church. They haven't been back since, but they still consider themselves Catholic. Um, So we we want to be familiar. Hey, you know, if we want to be strategic sometimes about our evangelism, it's like, okay, we know that that there's a predominance of Catholicism in our area. Are we prepared to talk with Catholics about our faith? Do we know the differences? What verses would be important um, to show to a Catholic person? I remember when I was down at Mizzou in college, um, talking to a gentleman, I sat down and um, started sharing with him. And uh, I think I asked some question like, "On a scale of one to a hundred, if you um, died right now, what percent do you are, are confident are you that you'd go to heaven?" And he said something like, "I forget what it was like fifty, fifty-five percent or sixty percent." I'm like, "What if I told you you could know one hundred percent for sure? You could go to heaven if you died right now. Would you be interested?" And knowing about that. And he was like, yes. So I went on to share with him, showed him some different verses, <clears throat> and he ended up getting saved. And I could just see, when, when he saw the verse uh, in First John 5, um, when he saw that verse, and I let him read it, I showed it to him. I mean, like you could see, um, like this light bulb go off, but almost like this sense of, wow, it's like, it's really not up to me. It's up to Christ. So he ended up getting saved. God was really gracious. I ended up um, discipling. It was my last semester, but I ended up discipling him. He ended up getting hooked up with the ministry we were part of. Um, but just that a, a couple of simple verses helped him see, this, this person who had been raised Catholic, that, um, that God wants us not uncertain about our salvation, and we can be certain about it. We can know for sure. So um, we can be strategic is my point. Um, I think with this map, we can think, oh, the Southern Baptists, they got it figured out and they're doing pretty good or whatever. Um, listen, all this shows is what the majority Christian is by county. Okay, um, All of us got neighbors. I don't know about you, but most of my neighbors aren't saved. right? Probably most of your neighbors aren't saved. Uh, there's, there's work that we still need to do. Um, it really doesn't matter what color this map is at all. There will always be people for us to be reaching and preaching to. Um, I want to show you this video um, that I've actually had a couple times to show you, but God was like, uh, basically it just wasn't working out for my sermon all summer. And I think that um, it works out really good for us to uh, see it today if we're ready. Um, and we're going to show up. Uh, we're going to put up another pic uh, in a sec. It's almost the last little section of that video we just saw. Um, there it is. Yep. And this one you might be able to read a little bit better. Um, this is basically world religions by country. So Christianity is purple. Okay. Then what's um, Green is Islam, so a lot of North Africa, the Middle East, down here. Um, and then the red the, the red and the orange is kind of hard to see. It's either Buddhism or Hinduism, depending on the place. There's a little slice right there of Judaism, right, Israel. Um, but when I ran across this the other day... Um, I'm encouraged by it. Uh, The church, um, I think, is is being faithful to its mission. Um, And my encouragement for us is we need to continue uh, to be faithful to the mission. Um, Listen, the statistics show, at least in America, that the average person has to hear the gospel like six to seven times before they respond to it. And I remember thinking um, years ago, that's a lot of times, you know. Um, but honestly, my own life bears that out. Uh, because I went to um, a WANA meeting um, where they memorize the scripture. And they get those little shares, you know. And they get to go to the store once a month. Um, but I, wanted to, I, I played sports growing up. And I played for a Baptist um, church. And the requirement was you either had to go to Iwana or you had to go to their church on a regular basis. And so I chose Awana. And I remember um, on a very regular basis, probably once a month, maybe once every other month, um, my uncle who ran the program, he or one of the other leaders would give um, a gospel presentation. And then, you know, everyone close your eyes, bow your head, and, you know, this is your opportunity. He'd call you to to raise your hand or something like that. and time after time after time, I have rejected that message. I rejected some of it, I think, was actually ignorance as I try to reflect back on, you know, junior high, senior high. Um, but some of it I knew, like, deep down, wow, if I, if I really make this decision, then that means, like, Jesus is number one in my life. And that means I'm going to have to do things different. I didn't like that idea. So time after time, I heard this gospel message. Time after time after time after time after time. Um, And it wasn't until I went to college my freshman year that um, God got me to a place where I was like, okay, I give up. I will acknowledge your lordship of my life. Um, So... Maybe you've shared with your neighbors or your friends or your family, time after time after time. I mean, don't give up. Don't give up. Andrea's uncle, who's been saved now for probably, I don't know, eight to ten years, I mean, he was like, uh, he did a good job of being a pagan, okay? Um, And some of the stories he has just... He'd come and show up at Thanksgiving or Christmas and tell us these stories before he got saved, and we were just like, wow, definitely a pagan. Um, <laughs> but you know what? God ended up saving him at this little Baptist church um, up, up in north St. Charles County. He got connected with um, the pastor there, and um, he ended up hearing that message and responding in faith. And he's walking good with the Lord, good believer, loves the Lord, um, and shares with people like, like crazy. He's definitely got the gift of evangelism. Um, so here's here's a couple of things I want us to get from from this map, from the picture, from the video. Look, God's doing a great work. Um, all of us are here because of somebody else. All right? All um, right. So he's doing a great work. What 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 we can't do is we can't get lazy. Okay, the work's going on, but we're called to be a part of the work. And just because a lot of countries um, have predominantly Christian Christian people in it, um, that doesn't mean we slow down. Uh, just like um, all of Central America and South America um, is predominantly Christian. I mean, you go and you talk to my experience, I can only speak from what my experience is, and so my experience is very limited, it's Mexico and Belize, Um, but you talk to those people, and again, they have some maybe awareness of Christianity, they grew up in a church, they just call them Christian because that's like the cultural thing to do, in America it's becoming less and less the cultural thing to do, Um, but they're still doing that there, so um, they even know aspects of the gospel, they might even know the gospel, um, at least intellectually, right, um, but there are many, 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 many unsafe people even in these Christian countries, let alone these Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist countries. So we, um, we can't get lazy. Um, and we need to join the work. Um, let's join God in the work here locally in what we're doing with reaching out to people, but also globally. Um, in the near future, you'll, you'll hear from our Hay team and the trip that they went on. You've heard from our Belize team. We can support them. We can support them financially. We can support them prayerfully. Um, we can be the ones that get sent. Um, but we want to be, you know, evangelism and, uh, and, and missions, they kind of go hand in hand. Okay. As we're evangelistically minded, we will be mission minded. And so we're spreading out from this church locally um, in St. Charles County, in St. Louis County, Um, then maybe to Missouri, then bigger, right? But we're also thinking outside of this country. Um, The stats on how many people die a minute, um, it's pretty depressing if you think about it because probably a lot of those people um, don't have Christ. Uh, We need to reach them. And we need to be faithful. Listen, if Jesus has all authority, I believe he does. Then... I mean, we can go, and it'll happen. The harvest is plentiful. That's what he says. The harvest is plentiful. And more people are coming to know the Lord. The statistics show... I meant I meant to in, include some of this stuff. I shared it at our Change the Globe retreat. But when you hear some of the stories in Iran, um, and some of these other countries of what God is doing, I think it was Iran... Um, this one ministry there had started printing, I think, New Testaments. And so, like, one of the key, like, people in, in the Iranian government um, got on, like, their national television and, and held up the book and was like, do not read this book. Don't read it. What do you think people did? Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> So, so God is using things like that. They couldn't keep that. This little company couldn't keep up with all the. They couldn't keep up with the demand for this. I think it was the New Testament, um, in the language of of the Iranians. So I mean, and you hear story after story after story of God doing amazing things. That's why sometimes we just got to kind of keep our our ears open and our eyes open so we can see the work the Lord's doing. And and I know myself, it's like I can get so busy and so focused that. I got this kid event to go to, and this thing to go to, and that thing to go to, and, and then I'm, I'm just, my little world becomes really little. Um, but there's a whole world out there, and today we don't have an excuse to not be informed of what's going on in the world because we have so much access to information. And just there's ministries out there that you can follow that keep you updated on what's going on, in regards to Christianity, evangelism, persecution of Christians, and all those things, that we can be supporting and praying for and helping. And that's what we need to do. We need to be a part of what God is doing. We need to join Him in the work that He has. Um, you know, my prayer for us for, for 2017 is that we would be true followers of Christ. True followers. And uh, a whole series could be done on what it means to be a true follower, um, to be a disciple of Jesus. But when it comes to Jesus, um, don't be a Twitter follower. Okay? Now, half of you at least have finally heard of what Twitter is. (laughs) But you still don't know exactly what it is. But it's 140 characters, and you can send out to the world, whoever cares to follow you, what your thoughts are. Um, And so you can follow whatever. um, President-elect Trump. You can follow Kanye West. You can follow your favorite sports figure, uh, Curry, Michael Jordan, whatever. And you can see their thoughts. Some of them um, dive right into controversial things. Some of them it's real lighthearted, eating at whatever, Smashburger or something like that. Um, But the thing is, if you have a Twitter... um, and you find you want to you want to follow someone it's really easy. you just type in their name, you find their little profile, and guess what? You click, follow, and boom, all their stuff will start showing up in their feed um, in real time as it goes on and sometimes, if we're not careful, well here's what I'll say: Some people follow Jesus like they follow someone on Twitter. It's just like, "Oh, I'll follow him, click," and that's about all the thought they give it. Occasionally, they might open the app. See what's going on with that person, but they really don't give it much thought unless that person pops up in their feed. That's not what Jesus wants for us. Um, and, you know, if you're bored with church, if you're bored with your Bible, if you're bored with prayer, um, the problem isn't the church, the problem isn't the Bible, the problem isn't prayer, the problem is you. And maybe you need to, at January 1st, you need to do a re evaluation. Of where you and Jesus are at, because He wants true followers that will seek Him, 100%. Okay, He wants He wants all of you. He is a jealous God that wants everything that you have. So I encourage all of us: we need to receive the words for 2017. Whatever I'm preaching, whatever Pastor Vaughn is preaching, receive these words. Which means what? We take them, we believe them, we act on them. Okay, um, we are um, hitting evangelism, okay, and we're going to keep hitting evangelism um, because we feel strongly, the pastors feel strongly that um, this has been a weakness in our church, and we don't want it to be a weakness any longer. And we are showing signs of growth in this area, very very encouraging to me. Um, we, I mean, we passed out hundreds and hundreds of these. Um, Gospel of John's and the stories that are coming in, um, the stories I'm hearing at my life group. I mean, God is, I think, doing a work in us and convicting some of us, me included, in being more gospel-oriented, in being more evangelistically oriented. Um, But something like this, um, it takes time. It takes time. And so I would encourage you to continue to seek the Lord on this issue. Continue to pray. For some of you, sharing with the person, it might not be that big a deal. You can do that. Okay. For some of you, that like freaks you out. Um, but we're all called to do it. And it, it's going to look different. I believe it's going to look different for each each one of us. Okay. Someone who's super introverted, you're still called to share. But maybe for you, I don't want to put a number to it, but sharing with whatever. Let's say one person in a longer period of time, is a huge step for you. Great. Some of you that have the gift of gab um, should be using that gift to take opportunities, to make, I should say, opportunities um, to share your faith. We all have to get out of our comfort zone to do that. right? Um, Let's be faithful to this, though. Let's be faithful to it. Let's, um, let's have, you know one of the keys to our church be that we are an evangelistically oriented church. We want to see people come to know the, law, to know the Lord. We want to see the lost get saved. So let's be true followers that receive the word and we look outside the walls to let um, God use us. We're His ambassadors. We are His ambassadors. So let's be ambassadors and get out there and spread the word. Let's pray. Lord, one, we thank you for um, 2016. You were very gracious to us, God. You took us through mountains and valleys, maybe some more valleys than mountains. Um, but you proved yourself ever faithful, God, even when we did not. We thank you, God, that you um, say that you will never leave us or forsake us. That you always be with us. That as hard as it gets, you remain by our side. That even though we, oftentimes, God, through our actions, through our sin, we turn away from you, Lord, but you never turn away from us. And God, um, for 2017, let it be a year unto you. Lord, I pray, even now as I'm praying, if anyone needs to get right with you, that they would do that. They would repent, God. They would confess their sin. They would turn away from their sin. You are a good and gracious God. And Lord, we really do want to be used by you to see your word go forth. So use us, God. Use this church. Use our efforts. Use those... Little Gospel of John's. Use those cards we were passing out. Use the conversations we're having with people um, to further your kingdom. Make us bold, God. Bold as a lion. To share our faith. And Lord, I do pray that we would be real about our relationship with you. We would be real, God, in seeking you. That we wouldn't do it just half-heartedly. Be wholehearted about it, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are a good, good God. That you are a loving God. That you're a gracious God. That you are patient with us time and time again. We thank you for that. Lord, continue to pour out your mercy and grace on us. Continue to love us. Continue to fill us with your